Gone is a podcast about people who have gone missing from the United States and Canada. These people are daughters, sons, sisters, and aunties. They didn't just disappear. Someone, somewhere, knows something. I'm Janelle Feller. And I'm Katie Nordby. These are the stories of Shakaya Harding and Star Boomer. Shakaya Blue Harding was last seen on Buena Vista Drive in Billings, Montana at 4 p.m. on July 23, 2018. She was 19 years old. Shakaya suffered from addiction and mental health issues. However, it was unusual for her to go more than a week without checking in with her family. Her 25-year-old sister, Shawnee King, said that it took the family a little while before they realized that none of them had heard from Shakaya for almost a month. Tamara Bear comes out. Shakaya's mother said that Shakaya would often break out in spontaneous dance or singing, no matter where she was. She had her own style of dress and didn't care what other people thought. Shakaya would often say, that's me. If they don't like it, they don't get me. On August 20th, Tamara Bear comes out, filed a missing persons report with the Yellowstone County Sheriff's Office. The Montana Department of Justice records show that on the same day, the information was entered into the National Criminal Information Center database. This database allows all law enforcement agencies access to missing persons report. Her information was also just one of the 300 cases of missing Native American women and girls reported to Montana law enforcement that year. I wonder how often that happens that a missing person is reported, especially a Native American missing person, and it's entered that same day into the National Criminal Information Center database. Just because we know there's such a, I don't know what the right word is, it uh, la- we're lacking in tracking missing Native American women. Women, yeah. Well, I think that I think that um, I think that Montana has been criticized for that, and and okay. there have been a lot of women and girls that have gone missing from the Montana area. Sure. So. I think that maybe it, I'm hoping, I'm hoping it was unusual, but, um, and I hoping, I'm hoping that now it is the norm. Right. This is that it's entered in almost immediately. Right. Because I think, and I think just over the last maybe a couple of years, it's yeah, been more of an issue. Right. I that think people that are saying, wait a minute, where are these women and girls that have been missing and why aren't they in these databases? Right. So. Well, because it is, it just means there's more eyes looking Right. Looking for them, right. and I, I think that, I think that Montana has been criticized for not okay. being as diligent, uh, when it comes to Native American girls and women who've gone missing. I would sure. say Native Americans who've gone missing. Sure. So, Native Americans make up just six point seven of Montana's population, but they account for twenty six percent of the missing person reports generated between two thousand sixteen and two thousand eighteen. So there was a big study done in that time frame just to see sure. where are we at and also just to try to get a count, mm-hmm. um, which they still don't feel like many people say that we, we really don't have an accurate count right. yet. But I think that this, this report or this, <clears throat> this incident happened in 2018, and I think we are seeing hopefully an improved response to that. Sure. 26% of those that remained missing at least one month after they disappeared. So 
<clears throat> there's a lot of people that'll go missing for a day, a week, you know, right. bad communication mm-hmm. or change of plans, but <clears throat> there's still 26% that remain missing after one month. After a missing person is reported, a lead detective will follow up with family members to find out who they spent time with and where they spent their time. They look to see if the person disappeared under suspicious circumstances. They want to know if the missing person is in immediate danger. Amber alerts are distributed if the missing person is a minor and there is a concern that they were abducted. A missing endangered persons alert is made if law enforcement believes that the missing person is in danger and they have enough information to share with the public. Of the 78 missing endangered person alert issued in Montana between 2016 and 2018, 60% were for Native Americans. Shakaya Blue Harding would be 22 years old today. She is Native American and stands 5 foot 4 and weighs 125 pounds. She has brown hair and brown eyes. Her ears are pierced. She has connections to Fort Raleigh, Kansas, New Mexico, and Fort Belknap, as well as Billings, Montana. If you have any information on the disappearance of Shakaya Blue Harding, contact the Yellowstone County Sheriff's Office at 406-256-2929. She has suffered from some addiction and some mental health issues. Do we know if she was being treated for either of those things? or At the time, the, uh, the information that I read had said that she had spent the spring and summer uh, on the streets okay. in Billings. Sure. And so it's very unlikely that, she, that, her, that her mental health issues at least were being addressed. Right. Um, her addiction issues may have been. But it's, it's unclear. And they, the, um, the family talked about how her behavior was very erratic at this time and um, unpredictable. Um, but she, she wouldn't go missing for, she wouldn't be gone for more than a week without contacting her mom. Sure. And I think that there are several things that come together um, for Shakaya that make it difficult for law enforcement to track her. One, she was homeless. Yeah. Two, she was an addict. Three, she was mentally ill. And four, she was Native American. Right. And I think that all those things come together and make it difficult to find her it's like a perfect storm it's like a perfect storm yeah she's young um and but really her her realm of her circle wasn't really big um you know there are a few places that she could have gone or would have gone but i just want to say that if you are a predator uh plucking her off the streets um would almost be the perfect crime because she would be difficult to track. Right. Right. Well, and I think there's a lot of people like that. Yeah. And I think she would have had needs mm-hmm. that weren't able to, that she wasn't able to meet food, money, housing. Right. I mean, it, it makes homeless people even more vulnerable to right. predators because they need things. Right. And don't have a way to get them. Right. So. 
Well, and and then that's not not just saying the addiction, right? And the, the mental illness. I mean, that there's a lot of things that somebody in that situation would have needs for mm-hmm. and an inability to obtain them. So yeah. it makes it makes them extra vulnerable to predators. Right. And I think any of those things, even by themselves, is a, is is you know is a you know. Uh, you know, makes them more vulnerable. But when all these things are added together, she really was... It's as if something was... As if something... She was wearing a sign and said, you know, she's just... It's just... It's it's very upsetting. And I... I, In a situation like this, I worry about trafficking Mm -hmm. that was she just abducted and taken someplace else. And... um, you know, in this day and age, when we don't have our, if if your cell phone is damaged, um, and you're homeless without resources, you, you can't reach anybody because yeah. we don't we don't have the history of dialing those numbers mm-hmm. in every time we called home, right. dialing those numbers in any time that we wanted to talk to our parents. We've dialed them in once to our phone, and that's it. Yeah. And and so they're not they're not kind of seared into our memory. Well, and especially now when, I mean, payphones. Where do you find a payphone? You don't. I mean, they're really. You you, you really don't. Yeah. I know that. Even the, if you knew a phone number, where do you right. call from? Right. And even if you had access to somebody else's phone, yeah. you wouldn't necessarily, um, you would not ha- necessarily have the phone number. Right. And since all of us have cell phones, I think it can be sometimes hard to get access to a cell phone. And mm-hmm. I, I just want to say also that. Um, at least I have seen this to be true with younger people, that they may change their phones more often. At least the people that we serve, we see that a lot, mm-hmm. where their phones are changed, their numbers change kind of often. Yeah. So that makes... Especially if you're not locked into a plan. You know, if you're doing like a month-to-month plan or like a pay phone, like a pay-as-you-go plan or a... Right. A, I mean, those numbers could change. I mean, yeah. you have to have some resources to have a cell phone and maintain mm-hmm. that cell phone um, plan right. uh, over over a long period of time. And and I think that um, for many people, that's just not that's not their reality. And at least you know, I can say that in the people that we serve, a lot of them, and I would say the majority of them, have their numbers change on a semi regular basis. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's a, it may be, it may be, um, you know, a, a youth thing, but I don't think that that's really the case. It just seems to be that for some people, it's, it's just what they can afford to do at the time. And, um, but it makes it harder to find people. Right. And I would say, I don't know, but I think that when you are utilizing something like a uh, pay-as-you-go, monthly, you know, kind of phone, those numbers may be even harder to find. Right. If you're if you're Shakaya, you have access to a phone and you try to call or try to search or try to anything, yeah. you don't necessarily have um, can get can get get to them. Right. And um, I think that that for a lot of people, regardless of their of their um, their race. Uh, do not want to approach law enforcement yeah. because they have a negative experience. Mm-hmm. They've had a negative experience. And so, right. so it, yeah. 
it just and it just makes for a, a she the the one good thing is is that she's young and I hope resilient mm -hmm. because she could come home and maybe somebody has, has she has a unique name and she um she often went by blue her middle name and um her first name her first name isn't spelt as you would say it right so she often would say use her first name and she would change the spelling so that it was it had a k instead of a c and, and so for sure. shakaya that it was that it was uh phonetically correct and but she often went by blue and that's her middle name and that would be unusual so i i my hope is is that somewhere something happens and blue shows up on somebody's radar and his return home. Star Boomer was 39 years old in 1999. Star was a single mother to a young son and they were living in Kansas City, Kansas. She was going through a divorce and was planning on moving back in with her parents. She had dropped out of high school and was studying for her GED. She had dreams of becoming a florist. On the night of February 23rd, 1999, Star and her roommate Carolyn went to a bar called Uncle Mike's which is now called Nobody's Business, on the 4900 block of Metropolitan Avenue in Kansas City. Carolyn said that while they were at the bar, a male stranger came up to Star and knocked her off her bar stool for no apparent reason, and without speaking to her. Star insisted that she was okay. The man was forced to leave the bar. The night went on, and Carolyn decided to leave after she finished her drink. She asked the bartender to keep an eye on Star, and that she would come back later to pick her up. When Carolyn called the bar later that night to check on Star, she was told that she had already left with two men. Star Boomer hasn't been seen or heard from since. Carolyn reported Star missing five days later. Witnesses at the bar told authorities that Star was involved in an altercation with another patron during the evening. The individual is believed to be a career criminal with a history of violent behavior, particularly towards women. He apparently knocked Star to the ground and beat her, causing her to lose consciousness. In the bar? Apparently. According to witnesses, Star didn't leave the bar with two men like Carolyn was initially told. Star was dragged out of the bar by two men. Who would allow that to happen? I don't know. And I don't, you know, I didn't research this bar. I don't know if it was... But it doesn't matter. Yeah, I, yeah. Authorities believe that Star may have been murdered at the bar and her body was brought to another location. Murder at the bar. Mm -hmm. That she was beaten that badly that she actually died at the bar. Yeah. Yeah. And nobody intervened. Nobody called the police. Oh, it gets worse. Oh, my God. In October 1999, two men, William Eugene Spradlin and Robert Franklin Horn, were charged with second-degree murder in Star's case. Both men have criminal histories and have spent time in prison. When witnesses refused to testify against the men, the charges were dismissed. Authorities believe that there are people who have information about this case, but they have not come forward. You can understand why they wouldn't. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Starr was last seen with Sean Pernice, a former war medic and paramedic. He helped Starr when she was knocked off her bar stool. Sean is currently in prison for the death of his wife, who disappeared in 2009. 
He pleaded not guilty to manslaughter in the case of his wife in 2012. He claimed that he pushed her and she died on accident. He then dumped her body in a dumpster. He has never admitted to any connection with Starr's disappearance. Over the last couple of years, authorities have taken a new look at Starr's case. They ripped up the floorboards and tiles at the bar looking for bloodstains. The search, they searched various locations, including a now-empty lot after receiving a tip from one of the witnesses in 2019. The house that Starr lived, lived at off and on with a boyfriend once sat on the lot. The house was torn down in 2011. Authorities brought in ground-penetrating radar and found what they called anomalies. Cadaver dogs gave a positive indication in one area. Detective Shane Carpenter told the Kansas City Star, quote, that doesn't 100% necessarily mean that there's a body there, but it more, than like, more likely than not, there is something that the dog was interested in that could be the same or similar scent to bones or something of that nature, unquote. Using heavy equipment and digging by hand, investigators covered the whole lot, but nothing was found. Authorities are trying to locate a possible witness named Edward. They, didn't, they don't believe he was directly involved with Starr's suspected murder, but they think he has information on it. He used to frequent the Turner section of Kansas City and possibly lived or worked in the area, but has since moved out of state. He may have been a mechanic. Starr left behind a young son who was raised by his grandparents after her disappearance. Her case remains unsolved, and foul play is suspected. Star Bloomer was 39 years old in 1999. She would be 60 today. She is described as Caucasian, 5'5", and 140 pounds. She has blonde or light brown hair and blue eyes. She was last seen wearing a blue jean jacket, blue jeans, and sneakers. She has a rose tattoo on her chest, a bear on her outer ankle, and a partial barbed wire somewhere else on her body. If you have any information pertaining to Star's case, please call the Kansas City Police Department at 913-573-6010. So nowhere did you mention um, her her husband, um, who she was getting a divorce from. Was he, uh, was there any concern? Because again, whenever the person goes missing, they should, they, they always look first at the spouse. Right. I did not find any information on the husband or this boyfriend that she lived in this house off and on. I, I, there was no mention of either of those people. Hmm. Um, and it didn't mention who this person was that knocked her off the bar stool. It didn't give a name for that person. I'm not sure if that was one of these William Spradlin or Robert Horn. Initially. Um, initially, yeah. Because there was not... initially somebody that came in, knocked right. her off the stool, and then she was uh, attacked. Right. Beaten and dragged out. Yes. Um, of the bar. Well, and, you know, I would really, it would really be interesting to me if we took the people that we have discussed over this last year and a half, and if we put them on a map and also did a couple of charts about them uh, talking about male, female, height, and weight. Yeah. Because... In, there are so many cases in which the uh, people that are abducted are under five foot five and under 140 pounds. Mm -hmm. 
it's just so often. And, I mean, we're certainly not looking for that. Uh, I think that probably both of us are um, drawn to female victims. Right. Because that's our work. Mm-hmm. And um, But it's just, to me, it's very interesting that they all fall within this this under five foot five and under 140 pounds. Yeah. Um, which make them easy to carry. Yeah. And the, um, it's, it's, uh, this, this bar is very interesting. The fact that it had, you know, tile and wood planks as a floor that could be picked up. And, and in a bar, I, you don't even know what you'd find. But also, there's often a strong um, cleaning product, right. probably concentrated, used to clean up those floors. Yeah. I mean, while it may, not, it may not destroy all DNA, it would destroy a lot of it. And, right. Um, but... And as far as these two men go... Nobody's oh. nobody's willing to testify, and that yeah. just but that talks about how this happened. Right, this it scared the people in the bar. Right. They knew without knowing maybe mm-hmm. who they were. Uh, they knew that they were nobody to be trifled with. Right, and not only did they stop them from hurting her, and removing her from the bar, they they weren't willing to testify. Right, and as yeah. a result, they went free. I mean, that talks about how scary they must have been. Right, right. And I don't know, I mean, the, it says that her son was raised by the grandparents. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if, you know, her former husband maybe wasn't in the picture or mm-hmm. maybe, I'm, I'm not really sure. Right. But maybe that's why he wasn't mentioned. Um, I don't know. But there, wa- there wasn't very much information about the ex-boyfriend, the ex-husband, or who this person was that knocked her down initially. Well, and so. I mean, we we've certainly seen cases where, uh, because of a divorce or mm-hmm. something, that uh, the spouse is killed, so that the that the other spouse can doesn't have to pay child support, or gets custody, and, yeah, and gets custody. Yeah, but that's not the case here. No, that's not the case. No. Huh. We ask that you do not reach out to the families or post names of possible suspects on social media. Missing person photos, along with information on articles used for these cases, can be found at our website at gone-podcast.com. Okay, Katie, for my weekly distractions, I have 1,001 odd facts. Oh. And again, these are not vetted facts. Are we going to read all 1,001? No. Oh. Unless they're unless you find them very interesting. <laughs> then. I mean, I was just saying this is going to be a long podcast. If it, maybe. It's going to be a long episode. This right now, I, I really only have like, I only have printed off like 50. Sure. <laughs> but. I have them in the I have them for future sure. reference. This is in the time of COVID. A single sneeze travels 100 miles per hour 
and shoots 100,000 germs into the air. Honest to God. That is so gross. Disgusting. How, how far does it go if you sneeze into your arm? I've always been curious about that. Well, about as far as it goes if you sneeze into your mask, which is gross. <laughs> yeah. Because when you have to sneeze with your mask on, what do you do? What do you do? Uh, you sneeze in the mask. Ugh. Which is gross. It's really gross. Because it's, it's 100,000 germs that you Ew. just... Um, you are born with just one pint of blood. Hmm. But by the time you're an adult, you have four to five quarts. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, the human body contains enough fat to make seven bars of soap. Or eight bars or nine bars. So again, I'm about, I'm about or 20. 10 bars. About 20 bars or so. And can I just say, what a weird kind of equivalent. Who that, decided, who, who tallied, who, who figured this out? <laughs> Gross. Uh, what a strange thing to do. Humans are capable of echolocation, just like a bat or a whale. Caca! Caca! <laughs> I guess maybe I'm not able to read the signals. Well, that, that that's I'm the back. problem. Yeah, we wouldn't. How would we know? We're capable. I mean, just of because it, we're but... capable, <laughs> right? Poorly. Doesn't mean we know what we're doing. No. Yeah. No, because like I, <laughs> yeah, no. I, I mean, yeah. I have eyes, ears, uh, I have GPS. I still have trouble finding. <laughs> Honestly, running around my house, caca! <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Looking for my keys, caca! <laughs> uh, it is impossible to hum while holding your nose. <laughs> yeah, you well, you need you need air, <laughs> and you can't breathe while you're humming, and you can't breathe out of your mouth while you're humming. Interesting. Which is weird. Um, all humans have an automatic dive reflex. When your face is submerged in cold water or when you hold your breath, your heart slows and your blood vessels narrow to conserve energy. Huh. Very helpful. Interesting. Newborn babies can't drown because their windpipes close in response to being submerged. However, that reflex disappears at six months. Interesting. I've heard that before, but I didn't know that that was why. It makes sense. And I think that maybe that's why, you know, there's, there's teaching babies how to swim. Yeah. It might be before that six-month period. So. And so that they're, they, I, I don't know. I don't know. But Yeah. Or teaching them how to not drown if they fall into a pool. Right. They're not really learning not how to swim. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Because yeah, they're just that. floating. Yeah, they're just right. getting they themselves turn themselves turned. over. Yeah. Yep, yep. Which it's is which is so great and important because yeah. it doesn't matter who you are, right? Or how old how old or you are. how old you are. Yeah. If you can just maintain floating, yep. You don't have to be able to swim. You'll and they okay. probably don't have that panic response either. Yes, which is so actually little. actually the thing that gets you in trouble. Yeah. That's why if you come upon a drowning victim, you're not to you're not to reach out and grab them because they will pull you under too yeah. as they're panicking. Yeah. So your stomach acid is strong enough to dissolve metal. Hmm. And your well, throat and your teeth. I mean, if you have high high oh, yeah. acid reflux, mm -hmm. it can it can cause esophageal. I don't know if that's right. Yeah, that's right. right. Yeah. Uh, esophageal cancer. Yeah. And it can, I mean, for uh, people who are bulimic, they they can destroy their teeth mm -hmm. and the enamel on their teeth. Yeah. So, but interesting. Interesting.
why doesn't it? And I suppose sometimes it does eat your stomach lining, but yeah. the average lifespan of a, a minor league baseball is just seven pitches. Really? Because they're so fast, I wonder? Well. Because uh, they're pitching them so fast and they're hitting them so fast? It just, but it doesn't say seven hits. It says seven pitches. Interesting. Um, I suppose they get hit most of the time, but... I, Maybe like the stitching gets a little bit looser. Or... I suppose any looseness is a is a problem. Yeah, but interesting. I never would have. I, who knows? Uh, wild dolphins call each other by name. Oh. Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Bill. I don't think that's exactly the thing. <laughs> we don't know. How do I, we know? I, I don't know. I never, <laughs> I never met a wild dolphin. Never met a dolphin. Sperm whales are the loudest animal on earth at 230 decibels by comparison an airplane is 150 decibels at takeoff wow good god huh polar bears have been mating with grizzlies in the arctic making a new animal called a pizzly <laughs> which is the most ridiculous name i have ever heard of i you can't be that. afraid of a pizzly but then the reverse is something different there's a, a I've heard this, something like that. Yes, it's no. some, yes. So were there more polar bear? I can't remember. I've 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 heard that that thing before. It was a pizzly and a what something. I can't remember. Can I just say though that they could have come up with it's a polar bear <laughs> and a grizzly. Yeah. They could have come up with something better than pizzly. They could have. It's not. That's not very creative. It's not. I, I, this is this is this has kind of been documented on Facebook and if you look at these types of sites, but I think it's so adorable I have to share it. Uh, to prevent themselves from drifting apart, sea otters hold hands while they sleep. That's so sweet. It is so cute. <laughs> it's so cute. So they just hold yeah. hands. <laughs> hold their little otter hands. A blue whale's heart weighs almost a ton and beats once every ten seconds. Wow. Oofta. That's a ton. A, that's a lot. That's a lot. A dog's sense of smell is so good, it can detect a teaspoon of sugar in a million gallons of water. Wow. Or two Olympic-sized pools. Wow. That's interesting. Or hamburger wrapper under the snow. I mean, <sighs> honestly. Yeah. And the last one for today is that apple that you buy in the grocery store could be over a year old. Really? Because it takes that long to get them? No, I, I, I don't think so. Have they so. just been sitting around that long? Well, I think that um, stored in perfect conditions. And also, and also I think that they are made... To last longer, some are. Right. Um, and, yeah, but that's just not a... I mean, I don't care what it is. That's a long time. So that's why it goes bad so fast, then, when you bring it home. Because now it, it's out of its controlled... It could be out of its perfect temperature. Yeah. I mean, especially if they're, like, stored in the back somewhere in a cold whatever, and then you right. bring them home to your 
warmer house. And I, I don't know, but but you know, there's there's wax put on them. Oftentimes yeah. on apples, there's wax put on, and there's there's um, they you know they're they're often sprayed. I don't know, yeah. but I was surprised by that, and that really just kind of the idea that it just kind of grosses me out. Yeah. Because where have they been? Well, and also in the time of COVID. Yeah. Who's been sneezing on them? One. Two, um, what nu- nutrition is left in that apple? Right, right. After that much time. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. So Those were good. Those those are, good. That's all that I have. Mine are funny names that kids call things. Mm. Oh, I, I love this. I don't think we've heard these ones. I love I this. My seven-year-old calls it the acopolisp instead of the apocalypse. A couple is, is a, couple a lot is. more fun to say. It is. When my son was younger, he called jalapenos Halloween pinos. Halloween pinos. <laughs> yeah. It kind of sounds like it. Well, and I think it's... it's Halloween a, a, pinos. It's, it's more fun to say. <laughs> it is. It is. My son calls Hershey Kisses chocolate hats. Oh, yes. <laughs> I will wear them on my head. My son calls Pop-Tarts Bob-Tarts. He read it upside down. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Only Bob. He only read the Bob part. My daughter thought the movie Despicable Me was Depickle Mimi. (laughs) Depickle Mimi. (laughs) It's close. Right. My my sister, when she was probably, I don't know, eight, saw the word unique and thought it, I thought that it, was said as Unicue. Yeah, well, it looks like it. Because it does look yeah. like that. <laughs> My four-year-old calls windshield wipers wind screamers. <laughs> <laughs> ah! Ah! <laughs> It'd be a lot more interesting if they actually made sound. <laughs> um, so this, there's a couple swear words in here. One of my boys used to call sandwiches Sam bitches. <laughs> Again, these are more fun ways to call things. Uh, my granddaughter says Lasterday, which could refer to any time from a few hours ago to several months ago. Lasterday. Lasterday. Mm-hmm. Band-aids are damn aids <laughs> That's a bit dyslexic, but it's perfect. <laughs> My son calls milkshakes ice cream juice. Oh my god, I love it. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> ice cream juice. I love ice cream juice too. <laughs> my now 15-year-old used to call an ambulance the hospital bus. <laughs> well, it's not it's, it's not wrong. Not wrong. My youngest daughter calls sliced chicken chicken sheets. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> my daughter calls her nostrils tunnels <laughs> well <laughs> again not wrong <laughs> i mean wrong i mean things go in things go out right i, I guess that's not it's, it's it's and some people may have bigger tunnels than they might yep this is the last <laughs> one that i have my grandson at four called the pantry food closet. <laughs> That's what it is. Well, and, and pantry, really, what does pantry mean? Well, it's behind a door. It's behind a door. That's probably the size of a closet. A food closet. Food closet. Perfect. Yeah. We should change that name. <laughs> uh, 